podcast recording on tuesday march 23rd as always it's your boy justin pura big week in the nba trade deadline thursday march 25th all trades must be finalized by 3 p.m on the east coast we will get into some of the best destinations for some of the hottest rumors floating around in the nba but as always this episode of the podcast brought to you by the great people over at book sports it's March Madness. We're heading down the stretch of the NBA and NHL seasons. We got MLB on the way. That's why you need to get on the Book It Sports app, the number one social media community for all things sports gambling. Whenever you have a question about a line, you want to discuss it with others, you want to ride someone's pick for the big game, you go no further than the Book It Sports app. Go check it out. A great community of people, and you could also get my NBA picks through there as well. Follow me on Book It at Jaypora. So, like I said, we're going to get into some trade deadline stuff, but first, we got to get to the big news coming out of the NBA weekend, and that is my guy LeBron James. He hurts his ankle Saturday night in a loss to the Atlanta Hawks. It comes out that he's going to be out for three to four weeks kind of in line with the Anthony Davis timeline, and the Los Angeles Lakers are in trouble. Now, I've been on record on this podcast multiple times saying that LeBron James is the MVP of the NBA. There's no second to me outside of Joel Embiid, who's also dealing with an injury, but I didn't think the gap was necessarily close. But as we stand here on March 23rd, And the Lakers, since LeBron getting injured, including that Hawks game, now 0-2. They're on national television tonight. They're on national television 12 times between now and April 24th. So this team will be in the bright lights without their two best players, their only two all-star level players, and where they sit right now, third place in the Western Conference. 28-15, I'm here to tell you that that number is going to plummet without these two guys. The reason that the Lakers have been put in a situation where they're third in the Western Conference in a year, where the Jazz only have 11 losses through 42 games, where the Suns only have 13 losses through 41 games, why are they third? It's because of LeBron James. Anthony Davis has played maybe half of these games all season long. LeBron only missing the one. And he is putting up numbers as good as any season of his career. And he's only missed one game so far. His availability is his best ability. It always has been. That, to me, is why he is a more valuable player than anybody in the league. And that's on an all-time basis as well when you want to compare him to the Michael Jordans and others of the world. But now, with him, with his second major injury in the last three seasons, with the Los Angeles Lakers, and this is at a time where the Lakers really needed to keep up in the Western Conference, as this is the more electric conference it has been for a few years now. 
And that's being nice. Now they're in a little bit of trouble because being in third place would give you some good cushion. Anthony Davis comes back end of April, beginning of May to get his feet wet before the playoffs. You keep one of those top three seeds and it's not the bubble anymore. We're talking about home court advantage in some big time playoff games. Well, now if you're in the Miami Heat, excuse me, the Los Angeles Oscars, you have teams riding you for your position. The team that shares the building with you, the Clippers, they're a half game away. Denver, Portland, two and a half games away. You need to hold the seating over these teams to give yourself an advantage in the playoffs. And one of the reasons this team was able to win an NBA championship last year was able to succeed in the bubble while other teams didn't is because they have an injury-prone player in Anthony Davis. They have an older, veteran, mature player in LeBron James that was totally cool with the time off, with no traveling. And that is why they were able to do so well. They lost a total of five playoff games in four playoff series in the bubble. And now, if LeBron James doesn't get home court advantage through these Western Conference playoffs, and then you go into an NBA Finals where he's going to have to fly to Brooklyn before he goes back home to Los Angeles to win an NBA championship, you're in some pretty bad shape. And yes, I'll get into the MVP debate in a little bit, but talking about where the Lakers stand right now, have a couple of losses. They look pretty hopeless against Phoenix on Sunday in that loss. How are they going to do with 12 nationally televised games on the schedule in the month that LeBron James is supposed to miss, that Anthony Davis was already supposed to miss, and now you're going to have to rely on guys like Schroeder, Montrezl Harrell, and just cross your fingers at what happens in the trade deadline later this week. It's a really interesting situation for the Lakers. I think it's pretty downhill from here. I think when you look at where the Clippers are, had a big comeback win, thanks to Luke Kennard the other night, where the Nuggets and Blazers are, who now probably have the one and two MVP candidates in the league right now. When you talk about Jokic and Damian Lillard, where Dallas is, as they've been getting a lot better. Lakers are looking at more towards the bottom half of the Western Conference standings than the top without their two top guys. And I think that is really going to hurt them when playoff time comes around in a couple of months. All right, so I mentioned the MVP debate, and it's also fair to say Joel Embiid, who had a knee injury 11 days ago on the 12th, is also missing some time. I always thought that if LeBron was number one in the playoff, in the MVP conversation, and he's 1A and he's 1B, that Joel Embiid was number two. And, you know, when he sits out with injury, I never really think too much of it because he's always a guy who misses a couple of days and then comes back and is fine. Well, this injury is pretty bad, too. It's a knee injury. He's going to be reevaluated at the end of the week. But the Sixers, much like what the Lakers are doing with their two superstars, what the Nets have been doing with Kevin Durant all season long, they said they're going to be cautious with Embiid, wait until playoff time to really test him, 
and get him ready in a pursuit to win an NBA championship, which is smart. But now that opens up the MVP race in a huge way because LeBron was one and Bede was two. And I don't know if there was a close third with those two guys, especially with the Lakers having all this success third place in the Western Conference, which is huge without Anthony Davis. And then the Sixers have the one seed in the Eastern Conference for the first time in God knows how long. Allen Iverson days. So with these two guys missing significant amount of time in the latter portion of the season, and yes, it does matter because it's the media that votes on these awards and the NBA is going to take precedent in the world of sports now that football is completely done, now that the NCAA tournament was the most popular event last weekend, will be this upcoming weekend, and then after that, it's all NBA. So now we have to really start to think about what we're watching and how these teams are performing when we talk about the MVP race. And I think now it's a battle of two guys. It's Nikola Jokic over in Denver. It's Damian Lillard over in Portland. And Damian Lillard has had these moments all season long. You look back most recently to the game against the Pelicans. They were down 17 points in the fourth quarter. And Damian Lillard with a casual 50-point game on only 20 shots. Perfect 18 of 18 from the free throw line. He's out of this world. And he always has been. And it's been a shame how he gets slept on around this same point every single year. And he continues to prove himself time after time after time. With big game in the regular season. Big game in the playoffs. Big playoff series win. Remember, this is a team that wasn't supposed to make the playoffs last year in the bubble, was able to tear off a run in the bubble and then make it in as an eight seed. And yes, they lost to the Lakers, but Lillard also gets hurt in that series. They had to play the play-in tournament before then. They played every game in the bubble like it was a playoff game in efforts to even make it that far. And Damian Lillard just carried them on his back all the way there. And the year before that, Western Conference Finals, including the shot over Paul George that ended the big bad Oklahoma City Thunder in terms of being relevant in the NBA now for two years. So he has to be there. You need to put the respect on his name. He is either the first or second best point guard in the league with Steph Curry being the other. And then when you look at the other MVP, you got to go with my guy, Nicole Jokic, over in Denver. They are right there with Portland. They actually have the exact same record. Fifth and sixth seeds in the Western Conference. And Jokic is the number one playmaker. Number one scorer. He does everything for this team. Averaging 27 points, 11 rebounds, 8.5 assists. One of the best efficiency ratings in the entire league. He looks as much like an athlete as he ever has in his NBA career. And this is a year where in the bubble where the Nuggets made the Western Conference Finals, it looked like Jamal Murray was going to be the score heavy guard for this team. And he has taken a big step back, especially in the beginning of this season. And Nikola Jokic has been carrying his weight, acting as the number one 
yes, he's seven feet tall, but he's a guard on this team. He brings up the ball. He has a shifty handle. They always know that they could get the ball to him at either the top of the key or the high post and even outside the three-point lane, and he is going to make the best decision possible. And when you watch him, your jaw just drops because someone that tall and unathletic-looking, being that cool and collected with the ball in his hands and just being able to put all of these motions in motion is a beautiful sight to see. And Denver has been playing really good basketball, as has Portland. So right now, if the Joel Embiid injury keeps him sidelined for somewhere around three to four weeks, just like LeBron's injury is keeping him, I think that it's going to be a two-horse race between these guys. I think you could certainly make an argument about Luka Doncic with Dallas, but when we talk about the Nuggets and the Blazers being the 5-6 and six seed, the Mavericks are the 8 seed, and they hit a snag in the road earlier in the season, I don't know if they could really get past that. Maybe if they could jump either of these two teams into the playoffs, but I think that it's definitely these two guys right now. And, you know, the other guy on the list, you have to look at Giannis, but a guy who's won the award two years in a row now, I just don't see winning it again. And, you know, that may be a bias because I'm not the biggest Giannis guy, but, you know, if if the NBA awards committee has not given the Le- award to LeBron James for MVP three years in a row, and they have, you know, unappreciated his greatness and done everything to kind of discredit him and not give him the award in now 10 years, I think that they're not going to do the same with Giannis. And I think that's the only fair way to go about it. All right, so let's do some trade deadline talk. We will have an episode on Friday to kind of break down all the moves that did happen. So everything as of right now is only speculation. The really big moves we've seen this season so far to recap We saw in one trade earlier in the season, the big daddy of them all. James Harden goes to Brooklyn. Karis LeVert goes to Indiana. Victor Oladipo goes to Houston. One deal. That was the biggest thing that happened. Blake Griffin gets bought out by the Pistons. He also goes to Brooklyn. We just saw last week, P.J. Tucker gets traded to Milwaukee. And Trevor Ariza goes to the Miami Heat. So I have some names in front of me. I'll break down some of the hot destinations for them, why they would make good fits. I feel pretty good about this list. And you're going to see a lot of repeating names. You have to assume that all of the teams mentioned will go for at least one guy to try to make them better, to get a push. There's no expectation. If I give a name like, look, as my Heat fan, I have the Heat as a destination for a few of these players. But they're realistically going to get one of them and not the rest. And I'll tell you where the best fit for them is. So let's go through the list. Aaron Gordon, rumored out of Orlando. Still a very young player. Everyone really awes at him for his dunking and what he's done in the slam dunk contest. But he's still a good young player for the first time in his career. Shooting over 40% from beyond three-point lane. 10% more than he did last season. And it's by far the best three-point percentage that he's had in his career. And yes, he's missed some games this season. Yes, his points per game isn't as high, 
but he is a good young player to build around. I do not think that Aaron Gordon is a player that will really serve as an impact role on any playoff team right now, but I think that he would make a great piece to build around for a young team really trying to make moves. So the two destinations I look at are Houston and Oklahoma City. The two teams, along with the New Orleans Pelicans, that have the most draft capital over the next few years to kind of spend. And they're trying to find these good young players to build around. And I think Aaron Gordon is a great piece to have, especially when you look at the value of bigs in this league. They're not, you know, all that important while you do want really good ones. And Aaron Gordon, a guy who could shoot, a guy who can get to the rim, and someone who feels like they would be a good fit in a locker room trying to build something when you are a losing franchise like Orlando is kind of built up to be over the last few years and, you know, has kind of got from the ground up, sneaking into the playoffs, winning some playoff games. Now, if you're Houston OKC, you want to find those guys. And I think Aaron Gordon could be one of those guys. And I think one of those two teams seems like a really good fit. Next name on the list, Kyle Lowry. A lot of traction of Lowry to the Heat over the last 24 hours. I personally don't see it. The Heat are at the guard position rather set. I understand Kyle Lowry, a veteran proven championship level player. But when you look at the Miami Heat, they have young guys that now, because of last year, have championship experience like a Kendrick Nunn, like a Tyler Hero, like a Duncan Robinson. And even an older guy like Goran Dragic, who's really not that much older than Kyle Lowry, it doesn't feel like that's a great fit for them. Especially when you talk about Lowry being a point guard, how he's going to handle the ball. I understand that he's a great, great player, and he did a lot for the culture over in Toronto. But I think the culture is pretty high in Miami. I don't think it's the best fit. I really do think that. Philadelphia is the place for him to go. And when you talk about true point guard, Ben Simmons isn't necessarily that. But if you could bring in a Kyle Lowry off the bench or just put him in there to give Simmons more of an opportunity to do the driving of the basket and let him play more of a small forward thrasher role rather than needing the ball in his hands all the time, I think Kyle Lowry is a perfect fit there. And they're a team that's also trying to build a championship-level level culture. And they brought in a guy like Danny Green last year who did win an NBA championship, along with Dwight Howard, who won the title with him. Guys that have been in this league that are proven champions. It feels like Kyle Lowry over there, put him with Doc Rivers, put him with Joel Embiid, put him with Ben Simmons. That becomes a very scary team in the Eastern Conference. Not quite up to par with Brooklyn because they are sick out of this mind, but I think Lowry really does a lot for them. That's my number one destination for the Sixers and for Kyle Lowry. I just think it's a perfect fit. Will Toronto trade him in their division? I don't necessarily know, but we'll see if the Sixers pull the plug. Laurie Marketing out of Chicago. I think this is the player that you could really put anywhere because he's a young player. He's a stretch four. He could hit shots. He could help a winning team or he could be a piece to build around on a losing team. And why would Chicago not want to keep him? 
pretty beyond me. I think that he's someone you could get a lot for. And unless you are getting an absolute haul for the kid, you don't get give him up. But we'll see. This is a guy who's nearly 60% from the field, nearly 40% from three. And, you know, pretty inconsistent in terms of playing time in Chicago. But he is one hell of a player. It'd be sick if the Miami Heat got him. Yes, they just got Trevor Ariza. But if you get a bigger guy, he could probably play a stretch five, honestly. Or you could throw him out there with Bam. And he could do a little bit of everything you need. The Nuggets are an interesting case study because they need a backup center. Someone to kind of put with Jokic. Swap in and out minutes with Paul Millsap. I think that's a great fit. In Portland, Nurkic still isn't playing. You know, they, they have these bigs that do everything, but they're not all on the floor at the same time because they can't stay healthy. So maybe you bring them there. I also think Philly could be another good destination because when you look at the backup center, it's Dwight Howard who can't shoot. Marketing has a game more similar to Embiid than Dwight Howard has. So if you want to keep up with that consistency, especially if Embiid is going to stay on the sideline for a little bit, it'd be good to have a guy like Market in there to kind of keep the short distance you have atop of the East. But I think the number one pick for me, probably the New York Knicks. They're a young team. They're looking for great young players to build around rather than just good young players. You put him at a center next to Julius Randle. The two of them could really make some noise from every single spot on the court. And then when Mitchell Robinson gets to 100%, he becomes a great six-man center. You could even, in my opinion, possibly move Randall to a three and just go with the big lineup. This is one of the best defensive teams in the entire league. So I think you add marketing, you just get better offensively. He's still a young player. You know, we've seen Kristaps Porzingis succeed in New York. Why can't Laurie Marketing? I think it's a really good fit. LaMarcus Aldridge, this is probably where I see the heat falling after all of this conversation. They need a backup big guy bad to work with Bam Adebayo. And Aldridge, a guy who's been a part of two solid foundational franchises, Portland and San Antonio. Now he goes over to Miami. He could play a great role as a power forward. Uh, He could do a little bit of shooting. He's a hard-nosed defender. You know, just someone who kind of, you know, punches his time card, does what he's asked. And he could do a lot of not special things, but good things, impactful things on the floor for a team that's trying to get back to championship-level status. I think the Lakers are going to make a big push at him. I think for the Lakers, it's Aldridge, Andre Drummond, who I'll get to in a little bit, or Bust. Sixers kind of in the same boat. They need a big man. They might try to get two of these players. If they don't go after marketing, I think they could make a solid push at LaMarcus Aldridge. And I also have the Knicks in there to try and get another big with a veteran presence, which is something that they really lack on this team to kind of show these young kids what's good. Now comes Andre Drummond. He's not going to get traded. He will be bought out over in Cleveland. And I think he's going to be added to the arms race, whether it's L.A. or Brooklyn. And I'm going to be honest, I really do see him signing with Brooklyn. It is the only hole on this Brooklyn Nets team. They don't have a dominant rim-protecting center. And I think if they were somehow able to hold on to Jared Allen, who went to Cleveland, they would 
easily they could raise the Larry O'Brien tomorrow. But I think if they get Andre Drummond, that's the number one piece that they need. It will complete, you know, the infinity gauntlet of Thanos. They will win the NBA championship. But I think if the Lakers got him, it would be a lot more interesting. We could see a real battle in the NBA Finals. Victor Oladipo, who, yes, I did bring his name up before. He did get traded from Indiana over to Houston in the James Harden blockbuster. But Houston's trying to make more moves. They are trying to set themselves up in a perfect spot for the future. Oladipo, on the last year of his deal, can they get anything for him if they're just going to let him go? Miami, New York. I think this is a great spot for the New York Knicks to get a great guard to kind of show R.J. Barrett the way. Or they could even play Oladipo over at three as their weakest position on the floor probably is small forward. So if you can't get a guy marketing, Oladipo would fit right in. He is Broadway. He's a ton of fun to watch. He brings a lot to the table. Not sure why all these teams keep throwing him around the league. I think it's a little suspect. I actually do believe he'll wind up staying in Houston. But I think that the Heat and the Knicks are two really good spots for him. And the last on the list, everyone knows my feelings about Lonzo Ball. The trade rumors started in the beginning of the season. I was all against him. I'm still against him now. I think he's a great player. I think he will fit perfectly with Zion. He's having a very much improved season. But it seems like the Pelicans, for whatever reason, are keen on letting him go. Maybe they don't believe he's going to stay. But either way, I think that the L.A. Clippers would be a money, money trade for L.A., who is looking to not be embarrassed after what happened last year. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard could definitely leave in this offseason if the Lakers fail to meet expectations for a second straight year. So you go out, you get a good young guard that is unselfish, that will play defense, that will find you the ball as long as you're getting open. I think Lonzo, back in L.A., in the same arena where he played his rookie ball, just the different team, different jersey. I think he will relish in that moment because I think he is Hollywood, and I think that he would be a great fit over with the Clippers. Speaking of Lonzo Ball, let's pour one out for LaMelo Ball, rookie of the Charlotte Hornets. Heavy, heavy favorite to win rookie of the year. Interestingly enough, he went from minus 1,000 to plus 200 after the news that he had a fractured wrist over the weekend and it is likely that he is going to miss the entire season. He's going to get reevaluated this week as he had surgery today on Tuesday, March 23rd. You know, kind of like the MVP race. We saw the, the number one clear-cut candidate. I don't think there was a number two in distance. And now he's out for the year. And we saw, if you remember, Joel Embiid's rookie year, he was the best rookie in the league. And then he got injured, and they wound up giving the award to Malcolm Brogdon, who was a distant second. So don't be surprised if LaMelo's injury, if it keeps him out for the entire year, puts him on the sideline for the rest of the season and puts him out of this rookie of the year race. If you're looking for a value play, look at Anthony Edwards to possibly win the rookie of the year award. All right, let's do over the week. We'll do some scheduling and we'll get out of here. Over the week, I put brackets in there. Obviously, because if you filled out an NCAA 
March Madness bracket. It most definitely got busted over this weekend. We saw a number one seed fall in Illinois. We saw already a couple of two seeds fall. Ohio State. Iowa also fell. Bad weekend for the Big Ten, who everyone thought was the best conference in college basketball. Sent nine teams to the tournament. Now only one team remains, and that is Michigan. Uh, I know Texas was a, you know, kind of a nice-looking Final Four pick out of the East region. They're out. So bad weekend for brackets. If you really thought this was the year someone would finally go perfect, nope. Everyone was out by day three. And shout out the Rockets, who were on a 20-game losing streak, which was pretty unheard of to do in the NBA. And last night, Monday, they finally take a W against the Toronto Raptors. I'm pretty sure John Wall was 8 of 30 shooting the ball, but he had a triple-double, so good for him. The Rockets finally get a win. Still have a better record than the Minnesota Timberwolves, which makes no sense at all to me. But good for them finally getting in the wing column. And now they're ready to make some noise during the trade deadline. Offload some of their good players as they already did with P.J. Tucker. We'll see what happens to guys like Old Depot, Eric Gordon in the next coming days. So yes, the trade deadline is Thursday. But there will be games played this week. And some on TV tonight on TNT. The LeBron James list. L.A. Lakers in New Orleans taking on the Pelicans and Lonzo Ball. Potentially Ball's last game in New Orleans? We'll find out. After that, the nightcap, the Sixers taking on the Golden State Warriors. Both games on TNT. Wednesday night, Celtics-Bucks. A rematch of, excuse me, never mind. But the Celtics taking on the Bucks on ESPN Wednesday night. And the late game being the Nets and the Jazz. The number one seed in the West. Number two seed in the East. I don't know how much longer Brooklyn's going to stay as the 2C in the East. They're going to take that one spot soon, especially with the Embiid injury. And then Thursday night, Blazers heat on TNT, followed by the Sixers taking on the Lakers with the two MVP candidates both expected to be out for that one. And that'll take us up to the trade deadline later this week. And that'll take us to the end of this Tuesday episode And get us ready for what is sure to be an exciting weekend in the NBA. Episode coming Friday to break down the biggest trades that happen over the trade period. And then talk some buyout stuff to see where some of these star players are going to go. This has been Tuesday episode of the JP Hoops Pod. Appreciate you all for listening. Talk to you next time.